0: What a joy it is to worship with you on this Easter Sunday morning. This is the one Sunday of the year that it is absolutely impossible to overhype or to overcelebrate. We are here this morning to celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive, that he has conquered the grave, that he has defeated sin, death, evil, and Satan on our behalf, and we get to live in the good of it. At the heart of the Christian faith is an empty tomb. And that empty tomb is meant to inject hope to all that hear and receive this message by faith. And my prayer for everyone that is listening this morning is that you would have a real, fresh encounter with the risen Jesus. That the eyes of your faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit would be enlivened to be an eyewitness to the resurrection of Jesus. What a gift it is for us to be able to celebrate together this Easter Sunday morning. And I think this year in particular, Easter takes on a new significance. The events of this last year has left us with a world that is filled with doubt and discouragement and death. With the COVID-19 pandemic taking the lives of 2.8 million image bearers around the globe. that With that, also millions of others grieving their loss. And so this is a world and this is a time that is ripe for resurrection. And the resurrection speaks life in the midst of a world of death. And it ushers in a celebration for us as the people of God. But it is also an invitation that we would see and experience everything differently. And we're going to see that as we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're only going to read three verses, but I'm going to read verses 15 to 58, and then we'll pray. Verse 55 says, Death is swallowed up in victory. Father, we come to you with a sense of joy and expectation, but also the reality that we are living in a world of death. I pray that you would reconcile these truths in our hearts so that we live life with hope. I pray that you would comfort those that are in the midst of grief. I pray that you would inject faith and hope to those who are weary and experiencing discouragement. And I pray that you would bring new life to any of those those that do not know you this morning, and that they would see you firsthand for who you are as the Savior of the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, 1 Corinthians 15 is all about the resurrection. and. Really, this church at Corinth had some questions about the nature of the resurrection. They were actually having a hard time, just like us oftentimes, wrapping our minds around this concept of the resurrection and what difference that it actually makes in our everyday lives. What these verses communicate is the victory that Jesus has over death. That the last enemy that is to be defeated for the people of God is death itself. And it's important for us to understand from the outset that this is not a spiritual metaphor. This is not a spiritual platitude. But Jesus was physically And bodily raised from the dead. And his resurrection guarantees the resurrection of everyone that places their faith in him. And this is important in our day and time in a world that is full of death. Now, to fully appreciate the power of the resurrection, we cannot gloss over the sting of death. Listen to verses 55. And vif- 56, there is a sting that is associated with death. It says, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. Now, there is no escaping, especially in the world of 2020 and early 2021, that there is a sting that is associated with death. Now, the truth is that this is something that most of us would rather ignore than embrace. Most of us live life trying to deny or avoid the reality of death. We try to fill our lives with many things that distract us from the inevitability of death. But what 2020 and 2021 have done is brought death to the forefront. And so we need more than positive thinking to help us make it through these days. Um, The truth is that there is a death that There is a sting that is associated with death. No one actually sits inside of a funeral and thinks this is how it is meant to be. Now, we may comfort ourselves at a funeral with fond memories that we have of our loved ones. And, And the truth is that the sting of death is greater the closer we are to the person that actually dies. But verse 56 says that the sting of death comes from sin. Now, sin is our natural proclivity to make everything about us. Sin is a summary word about us placing ourselves at the center. It is our own self-destructive tendencies and our ability to make things all about us despite what they do to other people and to the world. The, world uh, the Bible calls this sin rebellion against God, and he calls it lawlessness. But not only is this a failure to keep some kind of moral code, which it is, but it is on top of that, sin keeps us from being the kinds of people that God actually designed us to be. We're designed to be people that are full of love and creativity and hope and joy, and we're meant to make something of this present world as He has given it to us. But sin distorts everything and curves in on itself and makes life all about us. And the Penalty for that is death. We live in a world that is filled with death. All of us will die. Not only physical death, but there is the reality of a spiritual death where most of us live disconnected from God. And the good news for us on Easter Sunday morning is death does not get the final word. The resurrection does. Jesus actually defeated death by his death on the cross. He brings life to all who of us who are under the sentence of death by his resurrection from the dead. And he offers life to every single person that will look to him in faith right now. Now, in his book, Searching for Enough, the author Tyler Staten tells the story of a Long Island emergency medical technician. This emergency medical technician often would arrive on the scene moments before someone who was in an accident was about to pass away, where death was inevitable. And he said that there was great clarity around these moments surrounding death. He said, First of all, people would ask the question when he arrived on the scene, am I going to die? And he said, honestly, for the first several years, he didn't know what to say to that question. But one day, in a moment of absolute brutal honesty, someone asked, am I going to die? And he says, yes, you are going to die. There is medically nothing we can do for you. And he said, instead of the terror that he thought that he would endure and experience at that moment, that there actually was a moment of clarity. And he said three questions as he began to be honest with patients that were moments away from death came to the surface. And he said the first was the need for forgiveness. He said regardless of religious affiliation, every single person lived with regret. Things that they knew that they needed to make right. Second, what came to the front in those moments was the need to be remembered. Was this a person that was going to be remembered? Were they loved? And finally, the need for significance. That their life actually made a difference on planet earth. And the good news of 1 Corinthians 15 and the cross of Jesus Christ and the resurrection is that it speaks a better word to all of these questions. To the need for forgiveness. The death of Jesus on the cross And His resurrection from the dead promise forgiveness and pardon for all who believe. John chapter 19, Jesus upon the cross said it is finished. That is salvation from beginning to end for everyone that would look to Him in faith. Forgiveness is available to those who look to the cross and the resurrection for salvation. To the need to be remembered... To the need to be loved. The picture that comes to mind for me is the thief that died on the cross right next to Jesus. His words when he was by Jesus on the cross was, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said at that request, Today you will be with me in paradise. The promise of the cross and the resurrection is the fact that Jesus will remember you. Even if you you feel like you are totally and utterly alone, Jesus Christ remembers you on the cross. He knows you by name and He died for you specifically. He says, if you believe in me, you will be with me today. Now, to the search for significance, Hebrews chapter 12 says that for the joy that is set before him, Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame. Do you know what that joy that he was looking forward to? It was bringing God his Father glory by redeeming you and I. So for that search for significance, you were so loved by God himself and the Son of God that he laid down his life on the cross to say that I love you this much. That is the invitation of the cross. That is the invitation of the infitum that you are significant in Jesus Christ. So that is a truth that heals the sting of death. Now, this is a promise for us in the future that is meant to speak to us right where we are today. The next thing that we're going to look at is that the resurrection has implications for us and how we live out life together as a church community here and now. The resurrection commissions us as Easter people here and now. Look at verses 57 and 58 with me. It says, But thanks be to God... Who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ? Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. I want you to get this. This is a song that we sing in the future that is meant to bear fruit here today. This is a song that we will sing together as the people of God at the funeral of death itself. There will be a day where there will be no more death. There is a day coming where there'll be no more depression, where there'll be no more fear, where there'll be no more disease, where there'll be no more anxiety. All of those things will be swallowed up forever by the victory of Jesus. And the reason that the Apostle Paul and God himself gives us this song is because this song is supposed to inform how we live out our life now. It says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? We have Victory through Jesus Christ Himself. And verse 58 clearly communicates the resurrection is to help us to know that our life here in the present is not in vain, so that we will not grow weary in a world that is full of death. N.T. Wright tells us this that um, because of the resurrection, we actually become resurrection and Easter kinds of people. We're meant to be signposts of hope. Our lives, because we have encountered the risen Jesus, are meant to be a living illustration of his power. Our lives are meant to be living illustrations of his grace and his love. Our lives are meant to point to the fact, to the whole world, that his mercies are new every morning. God himself comes and allows us to be resurrection people. But not only do we get to experience new mercies and new life, but the resurrection is the promise of a whole new world. This gives every single thing that we do meaning. So from building roads to making paintings to raising our children to sharing a meal around a table, celebrating the goodness of God... Because we are the first fruits of the resurrection, or Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection, we actually become the building blocks of a whole new world. So everything that we do in our lives has meaning. Our vocations, our family, and God invites us to begin to view the world through resurrection lenses so that we don't just compartmentalize our lives and just celebrate Easter once a year. We're actually meant to be Easter people and inject hope into the world wherever we go. So very practically, this reality that our labor is not in vain is to help us to keep going and not give up. Right? on the tail ends of a year where everyone wanted to throw in the towel and everyone wanted to give up, Jesus says you can keep going because the resurrection says your labor is not in vain. His victory over death also means that we can confidently minister life in a world that is filled with death Historically, what has made Christianity so contagious is that Christians lived life without the fear of death. In the Roman Empire, as the plague spread all around the empire, the wealthy Roman citizens fled and they left their sick and their dead and their dying. And the people that stayed behind because their hope was in another world are Christians and they began to nurse individuals back to health and those people that were sick and dying became part of the church so the resurrection and that hope began to grow so we can minister in places of death without fear God can call us to places that are beyond us because we have a power and a life that are beyond us and Not only that, but we actually have confidence because of the resurrection that God wants to enter into dead spaces and bring things to life. No matter how difficult the context that He calls us into, He arms us with the power of life. It's because the resurrection brings life. Now, in His book, All Things New... Pete Hughes, who is a pastor in the UK, tells the story of a pastor named Robert Cornwall from Salem, Oregon. He was first planting a church and he decided that he would volunteer um, at a psychiatric ward to use some of his counseling. And as he came into building 37, building 37 was filled with 37 of the most difficult psychiatric cases that could be found in Salem, Oregon. And instead of counseling those folks, as he came in the room with all 37 around, he would come in for one hour and he would sing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And he would repeat that over and over again for an hour. So he did this for one week. Nothing happened. He came back and did the same thing, saying, Jesus love me, loves me on the second week. On the third week, a lady began to get up from her wheelchair and she came and she stood by him. And she joined along in singing the song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, for the Bible Tells Me So. By the end of that first month, 35 of the 37 of the most difficult patients in that psychiatric ward had been moved to a lesser ward where they could help themselves. And by the end of the year, 36 of the 37 were released from the institution. That's the power of hope. That's the power of the resurrection. That's the power of Jesus. That we can enter into the most difficult of spaces and see Jesus bring life where the world only sees death. Finally, as resurrection people, the resurrection teaches us how to truly live. In a world that is filled with death, we naturally and intuitively believe that life is something that we must achieve. It's almost like a mirage, like when I would watch cartoons as a kid, Bugs Bunny would be out in the desert looking for some water, only to arrive at a mirage and just be sand. That's kind of how we view life, that life is going to be found in the next achievement. Life is going to be found in the next season, When our kids get a little bit older or we can relax a little bit more or we have just a little bit more money in the bank. We think that life is something that you must pursue and something you must achieve. What the resurrection of Jesus does is say that life is only something that we can receive. So it frees us to enjoy the rest of life. Jesus says in John chapter 14, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. And what the resurrection does is invite us to receive this gift of life, to lay down all of our efforts to achieve things on our own status, identity, purpose, meaning, and receive the life that comes from the resurrected Lord. He wants to give us a freedom to lay down all of those other pursuits in light of Him. And in that way, they want won't have control over us and we can actually enjoy the gift that he wants to give us throughout all of our life. One of the most famous scriptures in all of scripture is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would have eternal life and not perish. Now, the truth is, this promise of eternal life, it means that we will live with God forever, but it also means that the life of the eternal God who is full of joy and happiness and meaning and purpose comes to take up residence inside of us. The God of resurrection begins to weed out all of the things that lead us towards death and destruction. And the invitation of Easter is that every single person would receive life. Whether you have been following Jesus for 25 years or this is the first time, you're hearing of His good news. The posture of Easter people is to receive life from Jesus. And I want to lead us in a prayer that helps us to do just that. So you can just pray along with me in your heart. Jesus, we receive life from You right now. We receive the life of the eternal God and the life of the resurrection from Jesus who laid down his life for us. And we trust in him to bring us life and meaning and salvation and purpose. We call out to you to save us from our sins and from our self-centered pursuits that we could live with you and for you both now and forever. I pray that for every single person that hears my voice, that they would be commissioned into a life of resurrection and a life of hope. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.